Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So in this episode, family lawyer and divorce coach, Leanne Townsend is back for a highly requested episode on parental alienation. In this episode, we talk about what you can and should do when the ex is talking poorly about you to the kids, or what to do when one parent is trying to sabotage the child's relationship with the other parent. It's a tough conversation with a lot of cold, hard truths. And to be honest, in these situations, there are a lot of factors that are simply outside of your control. But don't lose hope. We are sharing some tips and strategies on how to respond. To be honest, I wish that we didn't have to have this conversation. I wish that it wasn't a topic on my podcast, but it is a harsh reality for so many blended families. So let's dive in. Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life, while bringing you along as I create my own. Leanne, welcome back to the podcast. You're, you know what? I think oh, Naja Hall was the other guest that I've had on twice, but you are the second guest that has been been a repeat because you were you were such a hit last time. Oh well, thank you. I'm happy to be here, and uh, you know, I think we're discussing some important issues, so it's great to be able to get information uh, out to people on these issues. Yeah, for sure. So with that, we're talking about parental alienation. And we were just talking off, we were talking before we pressed record about what parental alienation really is. So for those who are just kind of figuring out what is going on in their own dynamic, what would you define parental alienation as? Uh, parental alienation is a situation where one parent undermines the relationship of the other parent with the children. And this is usually done by uh, making derogatory remarks uh, about the other parent to the children. It can also be done by denying access visits and, and time with the children. And then in extreme, extreme cases, it could involve fabricating an allegation of child abuse or sexual abuse and you know, getting authorities involved and everything to, to alienate the other parent. Yeah. And, you know, so we were saying there is a huge spectrum. There's so many different levels and situations that could be deemed parental alienation, but obviously there's different degrees of severity. Now I get stepmoms and, you know, moms, just anyone reaching out to me on a regular basis with concerns that the ex or their ex-partner or their, you know, spouse's ex is talking bad about them to the kids. How common is that? Um, I mean, I'd say that it's probably more common than I would like it to be and, and that ideally it should be. And as you mentioned, there are, you know, there's a spectrum. And I think, you know, I'm divorced myself. And, you know, if I was to say, have I ever in the heat of an argument with my ex-husband ever said something bad about him to my children or in front of my children? Yes, I have. And I know that was wrong and I shouldn't have done it, but you know, I'm a human being and in the heat of the moment I have done it. So, you know, there's that type of situation, which clearly, you know, is not parental alienation, but it's not good for the children. So you want to minimize how often you're doing that. So, 
I think that it's, you know, relatively common that there's going to be situations where parents badmouth each other, either in front of the children or to the child. But it's when it's, you know, a regular thing that that's problematic. And in my experience with my clients and whatnot, you know, sometimes when you're going through a divorce at the very beginning, when things can be really heated, sometimes there is a little bit more of that that goes on. And then once things calm down a bit, you know, and parents recognize that, hey, I shouldn't be doing that. I've got to learn a better way to control my emotions when I'm around the children. And they start getting some tools in their toolbox and and realizing what they're doing, it it can lessen. Um, And then, of course, in some cases, I mean, it just goes on and on and they have no, they don't realize the damage they're doing. They're just interested in winning and alienating, you know, the other parent. And, you know, it can become really extreme. Yeah. And, you know, I think that when parents are in that space where they're super emotional and they're bringing in their adult issues with their kids, I really don't think that they recognize how damaging it is to the kids. And, you know, people always talk about, well, children are resilient. Kids are resilient. They'll bounce back, you know, when it comes to divorce and things that are are going on in, in those dynamics. But I think in we're all kind of screwing up our kids in some way, right? There's going to be impacts. We're going to impact our kids and the adults that they become by the way that we navigate things. And as parents, none of us are perfect, but I think it's really important for parents when they're splitting up to recognize that, you know, you can't play the resilient card and just assume that the way that you're carrying on isn't going to impact your kids long-term because it absolutely is going to. So you really have to, you have to keep that at the forefront of your mind. It's like, what do I want my kids to remember about my childhood? The problem is sometimes they want them to remember that their ex did A, B, and C. And that's, it's just, it's just not their problem. That's what I, that's what I get really frustrated just because your relationship where maybe they were a bad wife or a bad husband, or they cheated on you or did whatever that doesn't mean they're a bad parent. No, and that's such a valid point um, because they are two different things. And there's a lot of people who are just a horrible spouse, um, but they are a good parent. And it's also not a competition. You know, sometimes you get these situations where, you know, for example, say mom feels that, you know, she was always the primary caregiver and she's the better parent and the children need to know she's the better parent. And it, it doesn't, children don't need to know that. First of all, they just need to know that they're loved by both of their parents and you don't need to be in a competition, you know, with your ex to win the children's favor or be the one they're closer to because at the end of the day, it's best for them to have a happy, healthy, quality relationship with both of their parents, no matter what's gone on between them. And you mentioned the, the example of cheating. And Honestly, I come across so many situations where, you know, just to use an example, say the, the husband cheated on the wife and the wife is telling the children, well, daddy cheated on me. You know, we wouldn't be in this situation. We wouldn't be getting a divorce if daddy hadn't cheated on me. And there's no reason that a child, even a teenager, needs to know that information. It, it's just not something they need to know. No, and it, it doesn't have anything to do with them, even though sometimes it feels like it does. Like I will say, I have looked at affairs from a perspective of a child's divorce and looked at it like you didn't cheat on your spouse, you cheated on our entire family. But it's not actually like that. It really, really isn't. It has to do with the marriage and it has to do with the relationship. And it doesn't really have to do with the family unit. And 
it can be a hard, that's a hard thing to really and truly wrap your head around, especially when you're in the trenches of it. But people will say to me on a regular, when, you know, stepmoms will say, when will my stepchildren learn the truth about their mom? (laughs) And why does that matter? And secondly, they probably will. You know, when kids get older and become young, even teenagers, but young adults into adulthood, they generally have a pretty good sense of the strengths and weaknesses of their parents. And they still, they love them still, but you don't have to be spelling it out for them. They figure stuff out pretty well for themselves um, as they get older. Yeah. And your truth isn't necessarily their truth too. Exactly. And I think that's what's so important to remember, you know, look at even your situation, your husband or your ex-husband probably looks at situations that went down in your marriage with a very different lens than you do. You know, we for all sure. have different experiences. And even for me, the way that I look at the same situation is different than my husband and his ex and maybe her new partner. There's so many different points of view and who who's to say that your truth is going to be your children's truth or your stepchildren's truth like it's not okay and including the kids in that kind of stuff even when it comes down to money because it does it often comes down to money right you know who pays the child support or who's supporting who or who is taking who for however much money or whatever kids shouldn't have to worry about that either that's that's no. not their problem No, it's not. It's not an issue that they should have to have any involvement in. And as hard as it can be to stomach in some ways as a parent receiving child support, if your ex isn't paying what they should or anything potentially, it still doesn't mean they don't love their child. I mean, they're not being a good parent for sure. Uh, The child doesn't need to know that, but it doesn't mean that they don't love the child. And, you know, by bringing the children into it, like how else are you making them feel like you're making them feel like their, their dad or mom doesn't love them because they're not paying. And first, you know, they don't need to know that. And it doesn't mean that. I mean, people have reasons, not necessarily very good ones, but reasons for not, you know, paying what they should. And that's a whole different issue. Yeah. And it also is a whole different issue is what is the should, because there's definitely situations where there are a lot of gray areas and there are a lot of different factors to consider. So those are adult issues too, and they don't need to be brought into the kids. Now we'll have stepmoms say, how am I supposed to respond when my stepchild comes and says, my mom says that you did this, or my mom says that you are this, or you don't do this right, or, or daddy did that. How, how do you recommend that they respond? That's a, that's a very difficult situation. And it's, it's, you know, I think it's a struggle for a lot of people to know how to effectively respond because you don't want misinformation being said about you. You want to set the record straight, but on the other hand, you don't want to get into a tit for tat and a back and forth and putting the child in the middle of it. So, I mean, I always say that you just, you want to keep your relationship positive and not, not focused on, you know, who's saying what and and who's doing what. So, Part of it would end up being kind of fact specific because if they've said something that's really, really awful that needs to be addressed in some fashion, then you are going to need to, you know, say, well, I didn't do that or that's, that's not correct. This is the situation. And, you know, I, I want you to feel comfortable to talk to me about this and all of that. Um, if it's something minor, then you don't even need to bother setting the record straight. So you kind of have to use your own judgment and intuition depending on the situation. 
Yeah. And it's hard. The way that you react can really be put back against you too. So if you were to say, no, your mom's lying and that's not true. I always recommend not saying that because then you're saying she's a liar and you're kind of back into that tit for tat situation. I often say, just say, I don't know why your mom said that or why she believes that to be true, but do you think that's true? Or you know, that's actually not true. Right. And so not saying that the mom is a liar, but say, I don't know why she thinks that, but it's not the case. And and here's why. So that you're not, you're not selling those loyalty issues too, because I think that's another point that's really important to bring up is that when you attack a child's other parent, it's actually an attack on them too. And they have this internal reaction and they feel this loyalty or they feel this confusion because they love their mom and their mom's great to them or their dad's great to them. But yet their other parent is saying this and it's really, it, it tears them up inside. They don't really know how to navigate their way. That's, that's very true. I mean, it puts them in a very difficult position. And, and in some ways, because, you know, they know that their mom and dad make them make up who they are. So if you're dissing half of who they are, then they can interpret that, that you're also dissing them and saying something negative against them. And it just puts them in a very conflicted position. And the way you address the issue of when a child is saying, well, mom said you did such and such. I think that was like a perfect answer to, to, to not be saying, you know, well, mom, your mom is lying, but to, you know, have the conversation that no, um, you know, I, this is actually, this is what, you know, what I think or what I did. And, but keep it in a very positive way so that you're not, you know, in any way suggesting something negative about the other parent. Right. And not giving it too much attention too, because I know that there'll be a lot of situations where your the stepchildren will come or the kids will come and the whole visit ends up being hijacked by what was said and done at the other house about them. And you don't want to spend too much time and attention on it because you want to focus on the positive and you want to focus on your time together. So really keeping it short and sweet and saying, well, that didn't happen or that's actually not the truth. And let's go to the park or let's go do something fun and really just kind of switching gears for the kids so that they don't feel consumed by it. And they don't feel guilt for coming over with that information too, right? Because it puts them in a super awkward position. Yes, exactly. Like you want to just keep it as positive as possible and minimize the talk about it. So, you know, address it on some level or like, don't just sort of be completely dismissive. Like if they, if they're saying something and you want to acknowledge what they've said and whatnot, but then it's, it's a good idea just to, you know, go on to something else. And, and because the more time you focus on it, the more you're making it seem like a big deal and you don't want to do that. Yeah. There's a lot of situations too, when it comes to teenagers, especially when there's a different idea on how to deal with discipline. And one parent really wants to provide that structure and routine and consequences for behaviors. And then the other decides that they're going to use it perhaps as a way to reel the kid in and get that favoritism. And Do you have any recommendations on how to respond to that when you're just on two different spectrums about how to handle consequences and rules and it's impacting your relationship? Because I would say as a stepchild or even as a child, if you're not going to kind of take advantage of those two situations, like that's, that's normal. That's age appropriate behavior for kids to be like, well, it's easier to do this with mom or this easier to do that with dad and, and do that. So 
how as a parent do you respond? Well, you know, that's a difficult situation. It's also one that's very common because inevitably two parents generally don't have the same discipline style, you know, whether it's from a young, when they're young and when they're older and, you know, children are going to take advantage of that and play off against each other. And there's always going to be one parent who's a little, who's more lenient and one who's, who's stricter. And again, it's that line between what is just different parenting styles. And you have to just accept that when, and your children have to accept that when they're with, you know, mom, things are a certain way. And when they're with dad, they're a certain way. Ideally, if you can co-parent together and try and be on the same page, that's definitely the ideal. But if you have a very hostile relationship and you're not going to be able to have those kind of co-parenting conversations, then the children, you know, they need to learn that just because something is okay at dad's house, it doesn't mean that it's okay at mom's house. And these are the reasons why. And, you know, have the communication about it. But, you know, it is something that, especially as they get into their teens, is going to be inevitable. Like teenagers might prefer, you know, to be at the more lenient parents' home. Again, if you've you've got a schedule and, you know, children don't decide the schedule, you just have to, you know, to stick with that and keep the communication open as to why you have the rules that you have and why it's in their best interest that you have these rules. And, you know, at least try and help them understand, you know, when they go to the other house, what's going to happen is what's going to happen. You don't have control over it. As long as it's not negligent. It's so hard. It's so hard too. And it's actually one of those situations where there really isn't even an answer because it is hard and the kids are going to play the houses off the other. And if by chance they are able to say, well, I'm just going to stay at mom's or I'm just going to stay at dad's, that's not in their best interest to do that. Kids shouldn't get to dictate their schedule, but it often gets to a point where that's how it pans out. Well, with teenagers, it is harder. I mean, I have two teenagers myself. And, you know, if a 16-year-old or, you know, doesn't want to go to the other parent's house, then it's hard to make them uh, go. And, you know, as a parent in that situation or as a step-parent, you need to look at the reasons why. You know, is it just a situation where the rules are a little more lenient or, or a little stricter, but not unreasonable? Or is it, you know, something more serious in terms of the dynamics going on in the home? Obviously, if it's the former, you want to still be on board that they should be following the schedule and insisting on it. But if there's obviously something troubling going on, then you're going to want to have a lot more dialogue with your child about what the reasons are. And and then, you you know, you'll have to look at whether you need to bring it into court or something to have something changed. But you should, I think, support the other parent, even if they have a, a different parenting or discipline style than you do, and just recognize that it's in your children's interest to to, you know, maybe be exposed to both styles. They can decide when they're older, which style that, you know, they're going to use and, and pick your battles. You know, just again, as an example with teenagers, you can get into situations with, you know, curfews or being out late or when, you know, your 17 year old or 18 year old um, has a girlfriend or a boyfriend and is living at home and they want that girlfriend or boyfriend to stay overnight in their room. And one parent may be okay with that. And the other parent may not be, but you can't necessarily dictate what's going on in the other parent's home. That, you know, that's just something, unfortunately, where you may have to let that go if your child is otherwise in a good, you know, a healthy, you know, child in a good place and, you know, doesn't seem to be having other types of issues. (laughs) 
Hey guys, all right, I'm just going to interrupt this podcast for about two seconds here because I just want to make sure that all of the stepmoms know about the exclusive community for stepmoms that I just launched. So as most of you know, I write blog posts and post videos all about my experiences as a stepmom and about our blend of family life. I keep it positive, but I don't sugarcoat the challenges, and I'm really here to provide stepmoms with tips and strategies so that they can show up as the best stepmom possible. I have an online Facebook group, a public Facebook page, and I'm all over Instagram. And guys, I cannot tell you how many times stepmoms have reached out to me and told me that they really want to engage with my content, but they don't want their husband's ex-wife or their mother-in-law or anyone in their life to see that they're struggling. They don't want their stepkids to stumble across their posts, and I totally understand that. I also have had so many stepmoms say that they have posted on my page or in my group and then someone in their life has literally taken a screenshot and sent it to people in their family, which by the way, I think is so brutal, but that's what happens with social media. It's not private. Anyone can see anything and the internet is forever, even in closed Facebook groups. So knowing that so many stepmoms were struggling and craving that online interaction, but weren't comfortable doing it on social media, I decided to launch an exclusive community for stepmoms. In this community, you get exclusive content that's not shared anywhere else, regular interaction with me and my team, a monthly Q&A where you can ask me anything and everything, and unfiltered conversations all with the purpose of providing you with tips and strategies and a community so that you can show up as the best stepmom possible. And guys, it is all off social media. Even the forum is like a Facebook group, but not on Facebook. It is a private community that only members can access. So if you are craving privacy and support and friendship, and you just want to feel like you're not freaking crazy for feeling the way that you do, check out my online community. All the details are at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. All of that is great. And that's how we hope that everyone will parent, right? But then you also have the situations where the parent wants to use this situation to their advantage so that they, the kids prefer them or they stay with them. And that's, I think, where the parental alienation piece comes into play too. You can really manipulate kids and switch the way that you parent in order to meet your own needs. And that I really feel like that's just not in anyone's best interest. And I wish that any parent who's doing that, you could just give them a little shake and say, this, this is, you're playing the short game here. You're not playing the long game and this isn't in their, in their best interests. But, you know, I was just thinking as you're talking, when I was working at Children's Aid, so for those who are listening from the States, that's our child protective services, parental alienation and talking negatively about the other parent is actually deemed emotional abuse. It, it's coded. It, it is, there's yes. files open because this is so harmful for kids. And I don't think people realize that. No, and it's true. It, 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 it is child abuse. The courts recognize it as child abuse. It is child abuse. And yeah, people, I think, as you said, they think kids are resilient or they, they think that they're justified somehow in what they're saying about the other parent because in their head it's true. So they're just speaking the truth and, and whatnot. But it, it, it is. It's, it's so harm, harmful to the children that it actually is considered to be emotional abuse of your child. 
Yeah. And so if say you feel like that's your case, so say you feel like you are in a situation where the bad mouthing or the parental alienation or the manipulation is, is so severe that it would be deemed abuse and you should be documenting. How do you suggest that people go about dealing with that? What would be their, their recourse? Well, first of all, when you start seeing signs of it, you want to get on it right away. Because obviously, if the other parent is undermining you in any kind of significant way, the longer this goes on, the more potential damage there's going to be. So you, if you're seeing the signs, you want to get on it right away. And some of the things you want to do, I mean, first, you, you probably want to contact a family lawyer to find out, you know, what from a legal perspective, what options you have, what strategy you should use to deal with it, whether it should be going to court or whether there's other options. You also want to make sure that you keep having as much regular contact with your children as possible so that you know that you're able to keep that relationship going and keep it strong hopefully so that whatever the other parent is saying or doing it's it's you're minimizing the impact cuz you're still having that regular contact the other thing in it is you if you can you want to get some sort of mental health professional a psychologist or a counselor involved with your child because they'll be able to spot what's happening, you know, very quickly. And should you end up in a court situation, you'll have, you know, an expert opinion on what's been going on. And plus they'll be able to help, you know, your child and hopefully minimize uh, the damage that's happening because of it. But sometimes because if, if you say have joint custody or if the other parent has a decision making for medical stuff, you know, you might need their consent in order to have them go see a mental health professional. And so that's where it gets tricky. And that's where you, you might end up having to get a court order. Yeah. And that's where it's tough because, you know, that's expensive and a lot of people don't have the money to do that. Now I had someone ask last week if it is okay for them to record their stepchildren saying what their mom is saying. What are your thoughts on that? Because I have, I've, I've seen that backfire. Like from a legal standpoint, I guess there's, you know, it, it, it enhances a case in the sense if you've got, you've got actual evidence, it's not just somebody saying it. Um, I think though, from the aspect of maybe looking at the, at it from, you know, is that good for the child? That's where I see a negative impact. I think you're, it's like you're taking something the child said and then you're using it against their parents and it puts them in a very difficult position. They might feel guilty. They, you know, I just think it's very harmful to a child to do that. So even though it might give you stronger evidence, you know, from a, a court perspective, it, the damage you're, you're doing to the child may be greater than it's worth. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, even the validity of it is saying, tell me what you just said. Tell me what you just said. It's obviously not the actual natural conversation, you're asking them to repeat it. So then there's the worry that you've actually just told the kids to say this on the recording. But then, you know, to go back to what you're saying, if you're using things that your kid has said to you against their other parent, it impacts their ability to trust you. And moving forward, they may not come to you if they know that you, they told you something and then you told mom or you told your lawyer and mom got in trouble, then, you know, you close down those lines of communication because they might not feel safe coming to you again. And 
that's something that is, that's long-term damage. Yes. Well, because you are, you're bre- you are breaching your trust in a sense. So I think, again, it has a, such a negative impact on a child. I don't know why someone would want to do that. And in terms of the other point you, you mentioned, for sure, if you're coaching them, I mean, it, it, that would obviously undermine the credibility of the evidence anyway, versus whether you just had something recording and it just naturally flowed and it's clear in the recording that it wasn't coached. But you always wonder, I know anytime I've been in a case where somebody recorded something, you're all, you are, you're always in the court is going to wonder like, okay, well, what was said before that? What's said after, but especially before to bring that about. So it, it and that goes to, to the, the weight or of the, the evidence in terms of how much effect it has on the case and, and enhancing the credibility of, you know, the person who recorded it. Have you ever had cases where the judge rules that this is parental alienation and revokes some of the custody from the other the other parent? I personally have not, but there there are cases out there where that has happened. You know, in extreme cases, it, it does happen. And I was actually looking at some statistics. Now, these statistics are a little bit, they're not like absolutely current. They're from about five years ago. So they may even be, you know, this may even be more the case now, but they show that the courts are recognizing that parental alienation is a serious thing and it does go on. And I'm just trying to find them here, but it was around 70% of the, here it is. So in cases where the mother was the alienator, 71% of the time, the, a, the cases that were studied, a court ordered a change of residence. And 77% of the cases where the father was the alienator, the courts ordered a residence change. So it, it, like, that's a fairly high percentage. Uh, but these are cases where it's very extreme. And it's been proven. Yes. And it's been in the, you know, it's been in the court. It's been, you know, likely a trial, not just motions even. And, you know, it's, it's extreme cases. But as I say, like courts recognize this and are aware of it. It's just unfortunately uh, a very expensive process uh, to, to go through that and actually get, you know, a result like that where a, a judge will, you know, change custody. That's going to cost a lot uh, in court in legal fees to get to that place. And it's emotionally draining. It, it really, really is. Yeah. And very, you know, very stressful. I mean, nobody, I don't care who you are. Nobody likes to be involved in a court case. I mean, I'm a lawyer. And when I've had personal situations where I've had to be a participant as opposed to the lawyer in a court case, I find it stressful. And I, I'm thinking I'm probably find it less stressful than a lot of people because at least I'm familiar with the process. So it's, it's, you know, very emotionally draining. It, it keeps, you know, the negativity from it alone is, you know, having that going on and on year after year can be terrible. But on the other hand, I mean, if you're, if your ex is doing that, if they are alienating you from your children, you don't want to just stand by and let that happen. You've got to do something. Right. And you don't want the kids to grow up. And I always say, these kids are growing up. They're going to be an adult. You know, your, your childhood is just a very small portion of your life. They are going to look back on their childhood with an adult perspective. So that's important to remember too. And a lot of people will say, well, should we just give up? Should we say they don't want to come or their mom's saying this or their dad's saying this? And should we just kind of give up and let them, let them make that choice? Or I'm like, no, show up. You continue to show up for your children, even though it is awkward and hard and heartbreaking. I think it's so important to continue to show up and continue to let them know that you are there. It's even I'll have stepmoms say, well, my stepson 
treats us like garbage, treats us like crap. And it's his birthday. Should we, should we get him something? Yes. My advice is always yes. Cause you want them to know that this is unconditional love. You are always there for them no matter what, even though you think they're being a little bugger and don't deserve this right now. It's showing them that you're not going anywhere and you're, you're in for the long haul, even though it is so stinking hard. Yes. Oh, exactly. I mean, always be the bigger person is what I say. Um, and you know, hopefully one day, you know, this, the stepson in the case you just described will, you know, realize when he's older, but he may not, you know, you, you don't have a guarantee of that, but in your own mind, you know, you were the bigger person, you did the right thing. And you have to always remember that if a child is, a, you know, a victim, because they said they are a victim if they've, if a parental alienation, if it's happened, they are the victim. So their behavior is, it's not a result of something they've chosen. They've been a victim of something. And so you have to, you know, keep that in mind when you're dealing with, you know, that type of situation. That's so true. They are a victim and we don't, we can't control what's said to them or how their ideas are shaped at the other home. And it's it's just, it's such a stressful situation. And I know there's going to be people listening to this right now and saying, okay, well, Jamie, what do I do then? What do we do if we're in this situation? And we're saying it is hard. It's hard to prove. It's hard to handle. It's hard to address. It's hard to deal with. It's hard on your freaking marriage. It's expensive. It's expensive. Like this is not an easy thing to deal with. And I think we can both agree. We are so sorry that you are dealing with it because it is, it's terrible. But at the end of the day, it really is about being the bigger person. I know that sounds super corny too, but always doing what's right, always being the bigger person, not buying into the drama and not doing the tit for tat and just keeping faith that, you know, as the kids get older, they're going to look at things from a different perspective. Exactly. And you know, it is, it's hard to do when you're in that situation. It's very, very hard to do, but it's, it's the right thing to do. And at the end of the day, you want to be able to look back and know that you did everything you could to make the situation better and to let the child know that you did care, that you wanted to be there for them. And as I say, hopefully one day they recognize that and they very well may, but they, they might not. But at least you know when you go to bed at night, when you live your life, you know that you did the right thing and didn't let the other parent you know, completely shut you down because it is kind of giving up if you just say, well, the children don't want to come. So I'm, I'm just done with this. I can't keep up, you know, keep going with this. It's, that's, you know, you're letting the other person get away with it. And, and you're sending the message to the child, I guess, on some of it that you gave up as well. Um, and so I know it's hard, but you've just got to keep trying. Yeah, for sure. Now I want to switch gears for a second. What about when the mom is, talking crap about the stepmom and really trying to sabotage that relationship because the stepmom doesn't have that same emotional connection to the kids and that same desire to fight. How do you recommend that the stepmom deal with that? Well, I think that that's something that the dad should be dealing with. First of all, he should have the stepmom's back and he should be going to the mom and having that, not with the children present, but having that conversation that, you know, the the children have said, you know, such and such, or she said such and such, or, you know, whatever it was. And 
that, you know, this, this is a, this is a woman I love. She's part of our children's family, whether you like it or not. And she has, you know, she's got a role to play here and she's not usurping your role, but you need, it's only positive for the children. If you're supportive of that, you know, again, that you're only hurting them by undermining that and you're, you're undermining their relationship with me, dad, you know, as well by criticizing a woman that I've chosen to be with and bring into our children's lives. And, you know, again, if you have the kind of relationship where you can have that conversation, that's great. Not everyone has that kind of relationship, unfortunately. So again, I think that dad needs to be involved regardless. It shouldn't be stepmom's problem. It should be dad's problem. I am so glad you said that because I often say, a lot of the time, and I mean, most of the time when a stepmom is having an issue with their stepchildren or when they're having an issue with their husband's ex, the issue actually isn't with them. It is with their husband and the way that he is responding to the way that they are treating her. At the end of the day, I do think that the husband can play a huge role in the way that she's treated and accepted as part of the family and what, what's, what's tolerated. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of like a lot of the the husbands, they want to just have the women. Oh, it's the you know cat fight, women fighting it out. Like there's always that kind of stereotype, and they they want to just be removed from the conflict and let the women go at it. And that's so the wrong thing to do. No, I could I could not agree more. And you know they often are the the people who could put their foot down and say enough of this. And so I I think I said this in a previous podcast with Darren on actually. And I said, you know, especially if you're fighting a lot about your husband's ex-wife in your marriage, the issue isn't her, the issue is in your marriage. And you guys need to work on the way that you're communicating and running your house together and just presenting as a united front, especially that's important too, with this parental alienation piece, because the two of you, if you're not at your best, if you're not really focusing on your relationship right now, this stress that comes with the parental alienation, it's going to, it's going to pull you guys apart. That I think that's, that's pretty much a given you. It's a very, very stressful situation. Yeah. You're, you're dead on there. I mean, it'll probably break you apart eventually. If you're, if you're not solid and united and having each other's back, it will, it'll completely pull your relationship apart eventually. Yeah. I remember one time I was kind of arguing with my husband and I was like, this is all worth it. All of this extra stress is worth it when you and I are getting along really well. And when we're really good, but buddy, when we're not getting along, this, all of this crap is makes me want to walk out the door. And I was just joking around with him, but it's true on, you know, a a larger level. It's not worth it. unless like your husband's the reason why you're a stepmom in the first place. Like he's why you're there. We're not signing up for all of the extra stress that that's just kind of part of the package. Yeah, no, he has to have your back a hundred percent. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much, Leanne. You know, I, I, I could talk to you forever. There is so much of this going on and it's such a stressful situation. And I think if nothing else, we just want people to realize like we get it. People are going through it. There's so many people who are suffering from the same situation. And as much as there's recourse and things that you can do, it really is about perspective your relationship with your partner and always being the bigger person because I do believe karma is a bit of a bitch. Do you believe in karma? <laughs> I do. And I agree with you. I think, you know, just be the better person and let karma take care of the rest. Yeah. Let karma do her thing. And I always say it's a karma is a she because well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Leanne. I'm going to link all of Leanne's handles for everyone and anything we've talked about in the podcast below. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank you. My pleasure. 
Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast. Give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you.